Chapter 2.26, Part 2 of Personal Narrative of Travels to the Equinoctial Regions of America during the years 1799-1804, Volume 3, by Alexander von Humboldt, translated by Thomasina Ross. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 3.26, Part 2 we have just seen that the dialect of the Carib women in the West India Islands contains the vestiges of a language that was extinct. Some writers have imagined that this extinct language might be that of the Nyeres, or primitive inhabitants of the Caribbean Islands. Others have traced in it some resemblance to the idiom of Cuba, or to those of the Arawaks and the Apalachites in Florida. But these hypotheses are all founded on a very imperfect knowledge of the idioms which it has been attempted to compare with one another. The Spanish writers of the 16th century inform us that the Carib nations then extended over 18 or 19 degrees of latitude from the Virgin Islands east of Puerto Rico to the mouths of the Amazon. Another prolongation toward the west along the coast chain of Santa Marta and Venezuela appears less certain. Gomara, however, and the most ancient historians give the name of Caribana, not, as it has been applied, to the country between the sources of the Orinoco and the mountains of French Guiana. Note. This name is found in the map of Hondius, of 1599, which accompanies the Latin edition of the narrative of Raleigh's voyage. In the Dutch edition, Neue Karte van Hergelreichland Guiana, the Llanos of Caracas, between the mountains of Merida and the Rio Pau, bear the name of Caribana. We may remark here what we observe so often in the history of geography, that the same denomination has spread by degrees from west to east. End of note. But to the marshy plains between the mouths of the Rio Atrato and the Rio Sinu. I have visited those coasts in going from the Havana to Portobello, and I there learned that the cape which bounds the Gulf of Darien, or Uraba, on the east, still bears the name of Punta Caribana. An opinion heretofore prevailed pretty generally that the Caribs of the West India Islands derived their origin and even their name from these warlike people of Darien. Quote, from the eastern shore springs Cape Uraba, which the natives call Caribana, whence the Caribs of the island are said to have received their present name. End quote. Note. Enda vrabam ab orientali prehendit ora, quam appellant indigenea caribana, undi caribus insularis originum habere, nomenque retinere dissentur. End of note. Thus Angira expresses himself in his Oceanica. He had been told by a nephew of Amerigo Vespucci that thence, as far as the snowy mountains of Santa Marta, all the natives were e generi caribium vel cannibalium. I do not deny that Caribs may have had a settlement near the Gulf of Darien, and that they may have been driven thither by the easterly currents, but it also may have happened that the Spanish navigators, little attentive to languages, gave the names Carib and Cannibal to every race of people of tall stature and ferocious character. Still, it is by no means probable that the Caribs of the islands and of Parima took to themselves the name of the region which they had originally inhabited. On the east of the Andes, and wherever civilization has not yet penetrated, it is the people who have given names to the places where they have settled. Note. These names of places can be perpetuated only where the nations succeed immediately to each other, and where the tradition is interrupted. Thus in the province of Quito, many of the summits of the Andes bear names which belong neither to the Quichua, the language of the Inca, nor to the ancient language of the Paruayas, 
governed by the Conchacando of Lican. End of note. The words Caribs and Cannibals appear significant. They are epithets referring to valor, strength, and even superior intelligence. Note. Vespucci says, Charaibi magne sapientiae viri. End of note. It is worthy of remark that, at the arrival of the Portuguese, the Brazilians gave to their magicians the name of Caraibas. We know that the Caribs of Parima were the most wandering people of America. Possibly some wily individuals of that nation played the same part as the Chaldeans of the ancient continent. The names of nations readily become affixed to particular professions, and when in the time of the Caesars the superstitions of the East were introduced into Italy, the Chaldeans no more came from the banks of the Euphrates than our gypsies, Egyptians or Bohemians, came from the banks of the Nile or the Elba. When a continent and its adjacent islands are peopled by one and the same race, we may choose between two hypotheses, supposing the emigration to have taken place either from the islands to the continent, or from the continent to the islands. The Iberians, Basques, who were settled at the same time in Spain and in the islands of the Mediterranean, afford an instance of this problem, as do also the Malays, who appear to be indigenous in the peninsula of Malacca and in the district of Manancabao in the island of Sumatra. Note. Crawford, Indian Archipelago, Volume 2, page 371. I make use of the word indigenous, autochthony, not to indicate a fact of creation which does not belong to history, but simply to denote that we are ignorant of the autochthony having been preceded by any other people. End of note. The archipelago of the large and small West India Islands forms a narrow and broken neck of land, parallel with the Isthmus of Panama, and supposed by some geographers to join the peninsula of Florida to the northeast extremity of South America. It is the eastern shore of an inland sea, which may be considered as a basin with several outlets. This peculiar configuration of the land has served to support the different systems of migration by which it has been attempted to explain the settlement of the nations of the Carib race in the islands and on the neighboring continent. The Caribs of the continent admit that the small West India islands were anciently inhabited by the Arawaks, a warlike nation, the great mass of which still inhabit the insalubrious shores of Suriname and Berbice. Note. Araques, the missionary Quant, Nachricht van Suriname, 1807, page 47, calls them Arawakis. End of note. They assert that the Arawaks, with the exception of the women, were all exterminated by Caribs, who came from the mouths of the Orinoco. In support of this tradition, they refer to the traces of analogy existing between the language of the Arawaks and that of the Carib women. But it must be recollected that the Arawaks, though the enemies of the Caribs, belonged to the same branch of people, and that the same analogy exists between the Arawak and Carib languages as between the Greek and the Persian, the German and the Sanskrit. According to another tradition, the Caribs of the islands came from the south, not as conquerors, but because they were expelled from Guyana by the Arawaks, who originally ruled over all the neighboring nations. Finally, a third tradition, much more general and more probable, represents the Caribs as having come from Florida in North America. Mr. Bristock, a traveler who has collected every particular relating to these migrations from north to south, asserts that a tribe of Confachites, Confaquique, note, the province of Confachique, which in 1541 became subject to a woman, is celebrated by the expedition of Hernando de Soto to Florida. 
Among the natives of the Huron language and the Atacapas, the supreme authority was also often exercised by women. End of note. Had long waged war against the Apalachites. That the latter, having yielded to that tribe, the fertile district of Amana, called their new confederates Caribes, that is, valiant strangers. But that, owing to a dispute respecting their religious rights, the Confachite Caribs were driven from Florida. They went first to the Ucayas or Lucayas Islands, to Sigatillo and the neighboring islands, thence to Aie, Heje, now Santa Cruz, and to the lesser Caribbee Islands, and lastly to the continent of South America. Note, Rochefort, Hist des Antilles, Volume 1, pages 326 to 356. Garcia, page 322. Robertson, Book 3, Note 69. The conjecture of Father Gilly that the Caribs of the continent may have come from the islands at the time of the first conquest of the Spaniards, Sagio, Volume 3, page 204, is at variance with all the statements of the early historians. End of note. It is supposed that this event took place toward the year 1100 of our era. In the course of this long migration, the Caribs had not touched at the larger islands, the inhabitants of which, however, also believed that they came originally from Florida. The islanders of Cuba, Haiti, and Borican, Puerto Rico, were, according to the uniform testimony of the first conquistadors, entirely different from the Caribs. And at the time period of the discovery of America, the latter had already abandoned the group of the lesser Lucayas Islands, an archipelago in which there prevailed that variety of languages always found in lands peopled by shipwrecked men and fugitives. Note. La gente de las Islas Ucayas era, 1492, más blanca y de mayor policía que de la Cuba y Haiti, había mucha diversidad de lenguas. The people of the Lucayas were, 1492, of fairer complexion and of more civilized manners than those of Cuba and Haiti. They had a greater diversity of languages. Gomera, Hista Ind, full, 22. End of note. The dominion so long exercised by the Caribs over a great part of the continent, joined to the remembrance of their ancient greatness, has inspired them with a sentiment of dignity and national superiority, which is manifest in their manners and their discourse. Quote, we alone are a nation, end quote. They say proverbially, quote, the rest of mankind, oquili, are made to serve us, end quote. This contempt of the Caribs for their enemies is so strong that I saw a child of ten years of age foam with rage on being called a cabre or cavere, though he had never in his life seen an individual of that unfortunate race of people who gave their name to the town of Cabruta, Cabritu, and who, after long resistance, were almost entirely exterminated by the Caribs. Thus we find, among half-savage hordes, as in the most civilized part of Europe, those inveterate animosities which have caused the names of hostile nations to pass into their respective languages as insulting appellations the missionary of the village of cari led us into several indian huts where extreme neatness and order prevailed we observed with pain the torments which the carib mothers inflict on their infants for the purpose not only of enlarging the calf of the leg but also of raising the flesh in alternate stripes from the ankle to the top of the thigh Narrow ligatures, consisting of bands of leather or of woven cotton, are fixed two or three inches apart from each other, and being tightened more and more, the muscles between the bands become swollen. The monks of the missions, though ignorant of the works, or even of the name Rousseau, 
attempt to oppose this ancient system of physical education, but in vain. Man, when just issued from the woods and supposed to be so simple in his manners, is far from being tractable in his ideas of beauty and propriety. I observe, however, with surprise, that the manner in which these poor children are bound, and which seems to obstruct the circulation of the blood, does not operate injuriously on their muscular movements. There is no race of men more robust and swifter in running than the Caribs. If the women labor to form the legs and thighs of their children, so as to produce what painters call undulating outlines, they abstain, at least in the llanos, from flattening the head by compressing it between cushions and planks from the most tender age. This practice, so common heretofore in the islands and among several tribes of Caribs of Parima and French Guiana, is not observed in the missions which we visited. The men there have foreheads rounder than those of the Chemas, the Otomacs, the Macos, the Maravitans, and most of the inhabitants of the Orinoco. A systematizer would say that the form is such as their intellectual faculties require. We were so much the more struck by this fact, as some of the skulls of Caribs engraved in Europe for works on anatomy are distinguished from all other human skulls by the extremely depressed forehead and acute facial angle. In some osteological collections, skulls supposed to be those of Caribs of the island of St. Vincent are in fact skulls shaped by having been pressed between planks. They have belonged to Zambos, black Caribs, who are descended from Negroes and true Caribs. Note. These unfortunate remnants of a nation heretofore powerful were banished in 1795 to the island of Ratam in the Bay of Honduras, because they were accused by the English government of having connections with the French. In 1760, an able minister, M. Lescalier, proposed to the court of Versailles to invite the red and black Caribs from St. Vincent to Guyana and to employ them as freemen in the cultivation of the land. I doubt whether their number at that period amounted to 6,000, as the island of St. Vincent contained in 1787 not more than 14,000 inhabitants of all colors. End of note. The barbarous habit of flattening the forehead is practiced by several nations of people not of the same race, and it has been observed recently in North America. But nothing is more vague than the conclusion that some degree of conformity in customs and manners proves identity of origin. Note. For instance, the Tapuayramas of Guyana, Barrere, page 239, the Soliques of Upper Louisiana, Volcanaire, Cosmos, page 583. Los Indios de Comana, says Gomara, his de Ind, aprietan a los niños la cabeca muy blando, pero mucho, entre dos almodajillas, de algodón para ensancharlos la cara, que lo tienen por hermosura. Las doncellas traen sinoguías muy apretados par debajo e encima de las rodillas, para que los muslos y pantorillas engorden mucho. The Indians of Cumaná press down the heads of the young infants tightly between cushions stuffed with cotton for the purpose of giving width to their faces, which they regard as a beauty. The young girls wear very tight bandages round their knees in order to give thickness to the thighs and calves of the legs. End of note. On observing the spirit of order and submission, which prevails in the Carib missions, the traveller can scarcely persuade himself that he is among cannibals. This American word, of somewhat doubtful signification, is probably derived from the language of Haiti, or that of Puerto Rico, 
and it has passed into the languages of Europe since the end of the fifteenth century as synonymous with that of anthropophagy. Quote, These newly discovered man-eaters, so greedy of human flesh, are called caribs, or cannibals, end quote, says Anguira in the third decade of his Oceanica, dedicated to Pope Leo X. Note, Edasis humanarum, carnium novi heliones, anthropophagi, caribus alias cannibales, apalati. End of note. There can be little doubt that the Caribs of the islands, when a conquering people, exercised cruelties upon the Nieres, or ancient inhabitants of the West Indies, who were weak and not very warlike. But we must also admit that these cruelties were exaggerated by the early travellers, who heard only the narratives of the old enemies of the Caribs. It is not always the vanquished solely who are calumniated by their contemporaries. The insolence of the conquerors is punished by the catalogue of their crimes being augmented. All the missionaries of the Caroni, the Lower Orinoco, and the Llanos del Cari, whom we had an opportunity of consulting, assured us that the Caribs are perhaps the least anthropophagous nations of the new continent. They extend this remark even to the independent hordes, who wander on the east of the Esmeralda, between the sources of the Rio Branco and the Essequibo it may be conceived that the fury and despair with which the unhappy caribs defended themselves against the spaniards when in fifteen o four a royal decree declared them slaves may have contributed to acquire for them a reputation for ferocity the first idea of attacking this nation and depriving it of liberty and of its natural rights originated with christopher columbus who was not in all instances so humane as he is represented to have been subsequently the licenciado rodrigo de figueroa was appointed by the court in fifteen twenty to determine the tribes of south america who were to be regarded as of carib race or as cannibals and those who were guatiaos that is indians of peace and friends of the castilians note i had some trouble in discovering the origin of this denomination which has become so important from the fatal decrees of figueroa the spanish historians often employ the word guatiao to designate a branch of nations. To become a Guatiao of anyone seems to have signified in the language of Haiti to conclude a treaty of friendship. In the West India Islands, as well as in the archipelago of the South Sea, names were exchanged in token of alliance. Juan de Esquivel, 1502, Sihis del Carcique, Cotubanama, el cual deste andalante se llamó Juan de Esquivel, porque era liga de perpetua amistad entre los indios trocarse los nombres y trocaros que eran guatayos que era tanto como confederados y hermanos en armas ponce de leon sahas guatayo con el poderoso cacique aguenija herrera deck one pages one hundred and twenty nine one hundred and fifty nine and one hundred and eighty one Juan de Esquivel, 1502, became the Guatayo of the cacique, Cotubanama, and thenceforth the latter called himself Juan de Esquivel, for among the Indians the exchange of names was a bond of perpetual friendship. Those who exchanged names became Guatayos, which meant the same as confederates or brethren in arms. Ponce de Leon became Guatayo with the powerful cacique, Aguianaja. One of the Lucayas Islands, inhabited by a mild and pacific people, was heretofore called Guatau, but we will not insist on the etymology of this word, because the languages of the Lucayas Islands differed from those of Haiti. End of note. 
The ethnographic document, called El Auto de Figueroa, is one of the most curious records of the barbarism of the first conquistadors. Without any attention to the analogy of languages, every nation that could be accused of having devoured a prisoner after a battle was arbitrarily declared of Carib race. The inhabitants of Uriapari on the peninsula of Paraya were named Caribs. The Urinacos settled on the banks of the lower Orinoco, or Urinuku, Guatayos. All tribes designated by Figueroa as Caribs were condemned to slavery, and might at will be sold, or exterminated by war. In these sanguinary struggles, the Carib women, after the death of their husbands, defended themselves with such desperation that Anguira says they were taken for tribes of Amazons. But amidst the cruelties exercised on the Caribs, it is consolatory to find that there existed some courageous men who raised the voice of humanity and justice. Some of the monks embraced an opinion different from that which they had at first adopted. In an age when there could be no hope of founding public liberty on civil institutions, an attempt was at least made to defend individual liberty. Quote, that is a most holy law, lay sanctissima, end quote, says Gomorrah in 1551, quote, by which our emperor has prohibited the reducing of the Indians to slavery. It is just that men who are all born free should not become the slaves of one another, end quote. During our abode in the Carib missions, we observed with surprise the facility with which young Indians of eighteen years of age, when appointed to the post of Aguazil, would harangue the municipality for whole hours in succession. Their tone of voice, their gravity of deportment, the gestures which accompanied their speech, all denoted an intelligent people capable of a high degree of civilization. A Franciscan monk, who knew enough of the Carib language to preach in it occasionally, pointed out to us that the long and harmonious periods which occur in the discourses of the Indians are never confused or obscure. Particular inflections of the verb indicate beforehand the nature of the object, whether it be animate or inanimate, singular or plural. Little annexed forms, suffixes, mark the gradations of sentiment, and here, as in every language formed by a free development, clearness is the result of that regulating instinct which characterizes human intelligence in the various stages of barbarism and cultivation. On holidays, after the celebration of Mass, all the inhabitants of the village assemble in front of the church. The young girls place at the feet of the missionary faggots of wood, bunches of plantains, and other provisions of which he stands in need for his household. At the same time, the governador, the alguazil, and other municipal officers, all of whom are Indians, exhort the natives to labor, proclaim the occupation of the ensuing week, reprimand the idle, and flog the untractable. Strokes of the cane are received with the same insensibility as that with which they are given. It were better if the priest did not impose these corporal punishments at the instant of quitting the altar, and, if he were not, in his sacerdotal habits, the spectator of this chastisement of men and women. But this abuse is inherent in the principle on which the strange government of the missions is founded. The most arbitrary civil power is combined with the authority exercised by the priest over the little community. And although the Caribs are not cannibals, and we would wish to see them treated with mildness and indulgence, it may be conceived that energetic measures are sometimes necessary to maintain tranquillity in this rising society. 
the difficulty of fixing the caribs to the soil is the greater as they have been for ages in the habit of trading on the rivers we have already described this active people at once commercial and warlike occupied in the traffic of slaves and carrying merchandise from the coasts of dutch guiana to the basin of the amazon the travelling caribs were the bocharians of equinoctial america the necessity of counting the objects of their little trade and transmitting intelligence led them to extend and improve the use of the quipos or as they are called in the missions the cordoncillos con necos cords with knots those quipos or knotted cords are found in canada in mexico where botirini procured some from the tlastecs in peru in the plains of guiana in central asia in china and in india as rosary they have become objects of devotion in the hands of the christians of the east as swampans they have been employed in the operations of manual arithmetic by the chinese the tartars and the russians the independent caribs who inhabit the little known country situated between the sources of the orinoco and those of the rivers esquibo caroni and parima are divided into tribes and like the nations of the missouri of chile and of ancient germany form a political confederation this system is most in accordance with the spirit of liberty prevailing amongst the warlike hordes who see no advantage in the ties of society but for common defence the pride of the caribs leads them to withdraw themselves from every other tribe even from those to whom by their language they have some affinity they claim the same separation in the missions which seldom prosper when any attempt is made to associate them with other mixed communities that is with villages where every hut is inhabited by a family belonging to another nation and speaking another language the authority of the chiefs of the independent caribs is hereditary in the male line only the children of sisters being excluded from the succession this law of succession which is founded on a system of mistrust denoting no great purity of manners prevails in india among the ashantis in africa and among several tribes of the savages of north america note among the hurons wyandots and the natchez the succession to the magistracy is continued by the women it is not the son who succeeds but the son of the sister or of the nearest relation in the female line this mode of succession is said to be the most certain because the supreme power remains attached to the blood of the last chief it is a practice that ensures legitimacy ancient traces of this strange mode of succession so common in africa and in the east indies exist in the dynasty of the kings of the west india islands End of note. the young chiefs and other youths who are desirous of marrying are subject to the most extraordinary fasts and penances and are required to take medicines prepared by the mariris or piaches called in the transalleghenian countries war physic the caribbean mariris are at once priests jugglers and physicians they transmit to their successors their doctrine their artifices and the remedies they employ the latter are accompanied by imposition of hands and certain gestures and mysterious practices apparently connected with the most anciently known processes of animal magnetism though i had opportunities of seeing many persons who had closely observed the confederated caribs i could not learn whether the mariris belonged to a particular caste it is observed in north america that among the shawanese note people that came from florida or from the south shawanu to the north end of note 
divided into several tribes, the priests, who preside at the sacrifices, must be, as among the Hebrews, of one particular tribe, that of the Mequachaques. Any facts that may be hereafter discovered in America respecting the remains of a sacerdotal caste appears to me calculated to excite great interest, on account of those priest-kings of Peru, who styled themselves the children of the sun, and of those sun-kings among the Natchez, who recall to mind the Heliades of the first eastern colony of Rhodes. End of chapter 3.26, part 2.